0: Good. Well, hello everyone and welcome to Health Chats Among Friends. My name is Deidre Kindred. I'm a nurse educator, advocator, and navigator. I love helping bring you reputable resources through my network of resources. So tonight I am so honored and blessed to have my friend Patricia
1: Daker here with Better Diabetes Life. Say hi, Patricia. Hi, Deidre. Thank you so much for having me on. This is such an honor to be here and chat with you.
0: Oh, the honor Hi. is all mine because I learned something from my friends every single time I have them on here. So Patricia, tell us a little bit about
1: yourself because you are a nurse. I am a nurse. I um, have been a nurse for over 35 years. I actually graduated and was an RN before I was 20 years old. Wow. I started taking college classes in high school. So um, I always like to joke that I could give IV morphine, but I couldn't buy a beer legally <laughs> right back then. So um I grew up in Illinois. I worked just for a brief time there and decided it was cold. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I moved to Texas um, in 1986. And my clinical career started at Baylor University Medical Center in Dallas. And I was there just shy of 15 years. I spent. Probably a little over a year um, on the floor. And actually, one of my nurse managers got me a job in ICU when there when there weren't jobs to be had. It was a wonderful gift he gave me, but there was a wait list to get into ICU. Yeah. And um yeah, he was like, you need to go do this. And he talked with somebody who talked with somebody. So I was in the medical ICU at Baylor, which again, it's a it's a level one trauma center teaching hospital. So super, super experience of just different patients and things Mm -hmm. like that. Um, After about three and a half years in the ICU, I got bored, believe it or not. Mm -hmm. Um, I believe it. (laughs) So, you know, you did the same thing for a while. And one of the night nurses, was, um, she's a night supervisor, and she's like, you kind of are like those ER nurses. And I found the ER and that was my love. And so I worked in the emergency department there for another 10 years. Um, and during the last part of that, um, I don't know, about midway through maybe, um, I developed type 1 diabetes, mm. and we think I got a virus from a patient. We never really know what our trigger event is, but I don't have any family history, anything like that. Um, so that was an unusual sort of change of events, and it made me do a little inventory about what do I really want to do? That's
0: yeah. I'm so, so sorry. I want to stop you right there because I want to ask a question for some of the listeners. Yeah. So what kind
1: of symptoms did you develop when you noticed that you were? in So interestingly enough, right? So I'm the nurse. I'm an ER nurse, ICU nurse, high acuity. I've taken care of so many patients with new onset diabetes, blindness, mm-hmm. hypertension, heart disease, strokes, you name it. I had taken care of it. I did not see it in myself. Um, I was working nights and so we're, it seems like we're always busy. So I was always mm-hmm. tired. I was always thirsty because we never had time to stop and take a break. And you know, mm-hmm. nurses, we always have to pee. Mm-hmm. So I always felt like that. So I really didn't catch it, but it was the only thing that, I mean, in retrospect, I get it. I lost some weight, but I was like, yay. Um, and so I, I really didn't, um, think that that's what I had. So I, what finally caused me to, um. Seek care. As I had just a couple episodes where I was so tired in the middle of the night, you know, an ambulance is coming in, and I'm just like, "Oh, I can't get up. I just can't do this work. I'm so tired." Mm-hmm. And I saw my primary care provider, and I was like, "I think I have Epstein Barr or chronic fatigue. I am just so tired." And he's like, "Really?" He's like, "What have you been doing?" And I'm like, "Well, I bought a new house. I've been working overtime. When I'm not working, I'm having fun with my friends, and I have a new boyfriend." He's like, well, what did you eat yesterday? And I'm like, oh, probably a candy bar, maybe something from the, the cafeteria. He's like, okay, eat some real food, get some real sleep, come see me in the office. And so I did and I, I fasted. And so my fasting blood sugar was 140, mm-hmm. which by diagnostic criteria, but I'm like, oh no, no, it was a fluke, right? I was not. Happy. Yes, I that's not we fluke. don't Yes, Right. <laughs> so um, he said, well, he said, let's do this. He's like, just watch what you're eating. Get some sleep. Your body's probably stressed. Check your blood sugar a little bit in the ER. And that's back in the days when it wasn't also locked up. Uh See what it is. So my first blood sugar that I did after eating was over 300. Mm. I did what any respectable healthcare professional would do I starved, and I exercised, and I was not having any of it. Oh, my goodness. Uh, Right? I was like, okay, well, if that number needs to be below 100, we will make it happen, right? That's what we
0: do, right? We don't get sick. Everybody else does.
1: Yes. So I've actually Mm -hmm. done talks and lectures about both sides of the needle because I was definitely used to being on this side of the triage desk, not the patient. Um, Yeah, so it was was very, uh, it was hard. It was hard Mm -hmm. dealing with the fact that my body kind of let me down, right? Yeah. So I'll get back to a little bit. That's an important question and it comes into play a little bit later. But I actually, it took. I did some inventory because you know, without, and I always keep these here as a reminder but without this little guy, I would have died in 1991. So mm. I cannot live without insulin. I've been on a pump since 1999 and I'm very grateful and very thankful. And I will tell you, I am blessed to have diabetes. It has given me more than it's ever taken away. And it's, not a, it's no longer a burden it was. And I'll tell you a little bit about that. Um, but it, it, it makes you take inventory of your life. And I'm like, okay, well, what do I really want to do? Do I really want to keep working in the ER? And another really long story short, I decided I wanted to go into healthcare IT. I loved computers and computers were new in the age of um, healthcare at that point. Mm-hmm. And so second phase of my career in 2000, at the very end of the dot-com, I left the comfort of Mother Baylor and the ER, and I went to work for a small software company. and we somehow survived the dot-com bubble. We should have gone under. we were upside oh, down wow. for a long time, but um, it was super, super fun. And um, you've probably seen the product, I'll do a little product endorsement real quick. but yeah. you've ever been to a restaurant and seen the touchscreen computers with tables and diners? Yes. Right. So it's, it's a spin off of that product. And so that original product was called Prohost, like professional host mm-hmm. and an ER doctor saw it and said, hey, look, if they can keep track of tables, diners, orders, you know, what's available. He said that would work in the ER with patients, beds, you know, orders, things like that processing. And yeah. it was all. About, yeah, it was all about patient throughput. And this was in 2000, way before we had iPhones and touchscreen. It was really new age back then. Mm-hmm. But I loved it. Loved, loved, loved it. It was so much fun. And um, I spent gosh 17 years in healthcare IT, um, started as a subject matter expert. And, you know, the charge nurse in me can never take a back seat. So when somebody needed something, my hand goes up and I'm like, I'll try marketing. I'll learn this. Right. Wow. So um, I took our company through Meaningful Youth when it first started, which is a government certification initiative they had several years back. Um, so it's been fun. So half of my career was in you know, bedside clinical practice
0: mm-hmm. and
1: then I transitioned to healthcare IT. Um, and it was fun. It was just so, the difference I think as, as a bedside nurse, you're somewhat replaceable because if you're not there, somebody else will take your shift. Ain't that the truth. Right? And in corporate world, if I wasn't there, my work stopped until I got back. So it was really cool to be contribute on that level. And it was so neat to build products for nurses who I understood how they thought. And so um, super, super fun. And so that company went through merger and acquisition. And in 2017, I gotta think, I did a consulting gig for a little while, but I started my own company three years ago um, called Better Diabetes Life. And if we go back and follow the thread through all these years, go back to my story about the ER nurse who was having none of it. Um, I think a lot of patients with diabetes have those similar feelings, like they don't want this. Nobody has this, right? Like, it's not fun. Yeah. Um, but I don't think healthcare does a good job of giving us the tools and resources to process through all that, right? So that we focus a lot on education, which is super important but just education about disease and medicine and food is not enough. And so I've taken it to this next level um, and it's about this holistic approach. So yes, we're our bodies, right? We have body, we have the physical self, we have to monitor our blood sugar, but we're also our mind and emotions and our spirit, the things that make us do what we do. Mm -hmm. Those things all work together and you can't just pull the body out and treat the body without the mind and everything else being affected
0: like we do so often in
1: healthcare. Yeah, right, we're just mm-hmm. treating the end result. Mm-hmm. We, we forget we're a system, right? Mm-hmm. So if you get scared, your heart rate goes up, your stomach feels anxious, you dump cortisol into your bloodstream that raises your blood sugar, mm-hmm. all these intricate parts are working together. And it's it's not funny, but it's I look back and I'm like, wow, how did we forget that we function as a system and all these other factors need to be considered? So um, my practice now, I've gotten certified as a nurse coach and really that's helping people, not with the what, your doctor's gonna tell you the what, what do you need to do? What are your orders? What are your treatments? What are your regimens? Mm -hmm. Um, But I help with the how, right? And so um, if we talk about the struggles I had, I knew all the clinical information. There was, Mm -hmm. you didn't need to show me how to do insulin injections, I've had -hmm. that down but how to like not get beaten down by it and how to deal with the emotions and how to, how to find your voice because people want to talk for you or tell you what you should or shouldn't be doing. Mm-hmm. There's, a, there's a lot of stuff that nobody prepares you for. And so that's what I do now. I, I feel like it's so important that these additional tools and recognition of the human as a system and by system, I mean, our wants, our needs, our passions, our desires, our finances, our jobs, our careers, our family, our neighborhoods, our churches, all of that is who we are. Right. And diabetes touches every, every bit of that. There's not a piece or part of it that's not affected, right? Yes. And so you can't just teach, treat the diabetes without understanding all the other competing priorities um, you know, and drivers for that person. And I think the other piece that I can add to this and I can say with hundred percent assurity, there's not a person who lives with diabetes who doesn't deal with fear and worry on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. Right. And as a nurse, what do fear and worry do? It engages our fight or flight response, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which raises blood sugar, right? And so I spend a lot of time with even just deep breathing. How do you get yourself out of that worry of, oh my gosh, what if, what if, and what am i going to do and how, like, you can just get spinning out of control and people really need tools and tactics and ideas and strategies on how to stay calm in the chaos. Oh, I love it. Right? Make sense?
0: Mm-hmm. It makes um, so much sense. I love it. I love what you're doing. And that's why I wanted you to share your story because so many of us women walk around and ignore certain things that our body tells us because we're women. Yes. Right? we got yeah. stuff to do yeah. <laughs> we don't have time to sit and say oh it's because we think we're lazy or whatever it may be those limiting beliefs but also the whole person is so critical because right. medicine you're right we do traditionally say oh well your blood sugar was 600 so we're going to make you go on this diet we're going to have you you know throw all these information at you but we're not talking about you spiritually right, right. emotionally financially that all affects how we operate so Absolutely. you are right
1: about looking at the whole person and i love 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 that you said yeah there's one key factor that i think clinical people like myself when i put my nurse hat on is we forget about a person's willingness are you willing to do this because i think what happens is a there's a little bit of fear mm-hmm. i think it's, it's less these days than it used to be but fear of practitioners Well, the doctor said I had to. Well, if the doctor says you have to go do that, but you know when you walk out of that office that you're not going to do it, nobody won. The doctor saw you nod your head and thinks, "Yay, I did my job, that patient's ready to go. He walks away thinking he's okay. You walk away thinking that's impossible. And and the, the sad part is if you knew that you couldn't start there, then they go, okay, if we're not willing to do that, let's do this. Right, And so with my clients, it's like, I would rather you do a thousand tiny little bitty things you can do Mm -hmm. than one ginormous thing you can't, right? right. Right? Because if we look at our path, just little tiny incremental shifts of little tiny stuff take us in a far different direction than these big leaps we try to do. I'm going to lose a hundred pounds, you know, let's just figure out what's okay today. What would you believe that you can do? Because if you don't believe it, you will not do it. Love it.
0: And that support system as well.
1: Yeah. So you have to
0: make sure, you know, you have that support system because you and I both know that you have family dynamics in there. And then you right. have some families that are, well, the doctor said you're supposed to do X, Y, Z, but you're not doing it. Why are you not doing it? And sometimes with our prospective businesses, that's why we have to find out the why. What yeah. is that person's why? Maybe they don't understand it. Maybe they were intimidated. Maybe like I go back, they don't understand it. They don't understand what you said or how you came at them. And it's all about attitude and mindset.
1: Yes, well, and learning new skills. So one of my Mm -hmm. key, um, I I have an online program. I can can coach individually, but I also have an online program that people can do self-paced where they watch videos and do work. Um, Communication is something we can all improve on. And so if we just put our nurse hat again, Communication is like one of the biggest reasons for medical errors, right? Somebody miscommunicated something written, verbal, however, and the wrong thing got done. It doesn't stop in the walls of the hospital. You go home and you withhold information or you feel like if I say that, I'm gonna be judged. So what do you do? You lie about your blood sugar. You lie about what you ate. And so what, what can be really helpful is helping people to find their voice. How do you say to someone you love, when you're feeling judged when you're embarrassed when you feel ashamed how do you find the place to come together where it's like you know i know that you want me to do this but your judgment and your harsh words are making me feel really bad yeah. and so you know you have to help them create a dialogue because the person who's nagging is nagging because they want you to be better because they love you the person being nagged feels like oh my god nobody understands yes and and so both sides want connection, communication, and understanding. And most of us in the United States, I'll probably in the world, we're horrible communicators, mm-hmm. right? So if you can build that bridge, if you can help find the peace. I'll, leave, I'll I'll add this too. This has been one of my things of late. So it's heart month, right? So go red for heart health. Mm-hmm. So the color red in emotions is anger, right? Mm-hmm. So. There's a lot of anger around disease, failure, shame. I didn't do it well enough. They should have, they didn't all that, get mad at people. So anger is always about an unmet need. Think about that. It's very profound. So I get angry because you didn't hear me. I get angry because you're not, I don't think I feel understood. I get angry because I feel like you don't think I matter. Right. It's a lot of assumptions, but it's about this need. I need to be heard. I need to be um, listened to. I need to feel safe. Right. So a lot of times diabetes makes you unsafe. You feel very unsafe. And so what we can do is look at how do I, how do I address their need for safety? How do I address their need to be heard? How do I address their need to be motivated? Like to feel like I want to, but those are the things we, we tackle is how do you give people those skills? Because the anger is the symptom, not the problem, right? right? The non-compliance is a symptom. It's not the problem. The problem right. is competing priorities mm-hmm. or feeling bad and give up, you know? And um, I'll leave you with this thought because this is one of, and when I do some talks, I always start with this one. So if you can imagine the person that you've ever met that is the most annoying person you've ever met, it could be a patient, coworker, teacher, right? There's somebody that just, and for me, there was a lady I worked with, she was a client, but I just dreaded those phone calls because she just was dogged, right? To see, this mm-hmm. was so hard. And so getting diabetes is like having that person as your roommate 24 seven for the rest of your life, you have to spend your money on what they want, what they like, what they need. They decide when you sleep, when you get up, yeah. right? So it's a very contentious relationship. And so in finding some peace with diabetes, you have to find peace with that roommate and you have to be the one in control and in charge. And a lot of that is just like you said.
0: Okay. And we are back on Health Chats Among Friends with my friend, Patricia, with Better Diabetes Life. So we're going to go ahead and continue. We are sorry for the brief interruption, but we will continue. That's what happens when you do live.
1: Right. The (laughs) joys of working from home, right?
0: yes so we were discussing before about um better diabetes life and how people could reach you because i wanted to ask about your individualized online training your self-paced you had mentioned Mm -hmm.
1: yep so um betterdiabeteslife.com is my website everything's there You can also follow me on social media on Facebook and Instagram and I do my lives I post them on YouTube so there's video there. I try to post four or five times a week with little tidbits and nuggets and mindset ideas and inspiration. Because we need that daily kind of reminder to not go in the direction we don't want to go right we need to keep motivated we need to keep in the forefront of our mind that we have choice. Um, And on my, on my website is my program so. There are a couple different ways that you can engage with me. One is individual. I'm sorry, my dogs are barking. Do did
0: want to be in the program. <laughs> um,
1: one is individual. So I do work with individuals and groups online. I have a, um, a group that we can do as well. It meets twice a month. Um, but the easiest way is Better Diabetes Life five-step program. So I went in studio and created um, video education that takes you through the five key components of my coaching strategies, which are... A review of diabetes basic education, um, dealing with emotions, what's behind all that and what those emotions mean and why you have them. Understanding mm-hmm. your motivation, you know, how do you tap into something to give you some more energy so you can do all this work? Ownership, which the, the healthcare system can make you feel very victimized where you're the patient, mm-hmm. the doctor's empowered. And then the last one is communication. So there's five um, key components. You watch a video, and then you, you do a workbook. So um, mm-hmm. it's a companion activity. You do the education, and then you kind of personalize it, and you write about your thoughts, your perspective, and it's to help bring mindfulness and awareness to what's keeping you from being your best, and you learn some strategies and tactics on how to overcome some of the challenges.
0: That sounds amazing.
1: It was fun. Too. Amazing.
0: So they can go to BetterDiabetesLife.com yes. or your Facebook Yes, or your Instagram at betterdiabetes.com on Facebook. And then Instagram is...
1: Better Diabetes Life as well.
0: Yeah. Awesome. All simple. Simple, yes. simple. Yes. Yes. Well, Patricia, thank you again for your time this evening. This has been so much fun. We'll definitely have to have you back where we hone in right on here. a topic that maybe communication or just not being hard on yourself. That's another one. Yeah, yeah you got it. Uh, yes. Yeah, so... Thank you again for your time. Is there any parting words you'd like to say?
1: Um, I'm going to touch back on something you said earlier about feeling Mm -hmm. for women, especially. Mm. Um, It's not selfish self-care, right? And we have to take care of ourselves because we're the ones doing all the work to take care of our kids, our family, our health, all of it. And so it's a worthy investment of your time to do self-care. It's not selfish.
0: Absolutely. Those are my three words. (laughs) (laughs) well thank you again Patricia we'll definitely have to have you back and look forward to hearing from you again thank you everyone for tuning in to health chats among friends where we bring you reputable resources in our local communities my name is Deidre Kendrick I'm a nurse advocate educator and navigator I love helping you gain access to reputable resources tune in next time for another wonderful chat thank you